Amen. Um, we're doing a series uh, called Start by Stopping, and um, <clears throat> I think that's super appropriate for us. Uh, I've been traveling a lot, and um, my wife and I just got back from Puerto Rico, and she was in Seattle, and before that we were in Orlando, and before that I was in Puerto Rico again, and there was just so many... Um, uh, trips and I was listening to Larry's experience on the uh, last week as he shared of the of driving and and being so um, in so many places in so many states and and uh, and maybe your experience is different right because you've been working for the last two weeks and I've been on vacation right so um, it's it's a little different maybe but um, you know I think in the beginning of the year there's uh, there's just a real great space for us to stop and evaluate. And I know that that becomes uh, kind of cliche in the sense of uh, like New Year's resolutions, which last till like you know February first. Uh, but I think there's a space for a, a new year to um, to there's an appropriate space in a new year to stop and evaluate. And and I hope that we could take some time to stop, um, and that that in stopping we could find um, our hope is that we would find a, a richer experience of uh, God in our life, uh, of Christ in our lives, and through understanding who Jesus is, uh, maybe that would give us a deeper understanding of who we are as well. Our, our bodies, we are, we are spiritual beings encased in a physical body, right? We are, um, we are physical bodies with a spirit living inside of it. And so uh, think about a triangle, right? Your, well, don't think of a triangle yet. Uh, your spiritual maturity, right? And this is kind of one of the platforms of the Emotionally Healthy series, that your your spiritual self uh, cannot supersede your uh, emotional self, right? That our, our bodies are containers and they limit our spirits, right? And so as we grow, so now think of a triangle, as we, as we grow to understand ourselves more, uh, and as we grow to understand Christ more, right, our spirit and our emotions should be growing closer and closer together, right, to that triangle. Okay, so um, we're doing a series on starting, be, uh, start by stopping, and today um, I want to speak on uh, a spiritual discipline called fasting. But before we talk about that, um, humanity, right, again, this, this body and spirit thing, right, there's a tension between that. There's, there's going to be a tension with that. And, and I, I want to be clear that tension isn't necessarily bad. Um, Jesus lived with an incredible amount of tension, right, between his, the two natures of, of his existence, right? He was fully human and also fully man. And so in that space, there was this constant tension, this constant pulling, right? And we also have a, a, a similar tension, right, between our physical body and our spiritual body, right? What the flesh desires and what the spirit desires. And so there's, there's that tension for us as well. And so my hope is that as we, um, as we process through this, as we think about this, right, the goal is that in this series that we can encourage ourselves to places of wholeness, Right? Uh, and what it looks like for us to discover what that wholeness is and how that draws us closer to Christ. And so we're going to look at the spiritual discipline of fasting. Now, I wanted to check. I, I did a lot of research on this uh, in preparing for this. And one of the books that I, I studied and looked at was a book called um, Fasting, Spiritual Freedom Beyond Our Appetites by Lynn M. Babb. And one of the... Um, one of the, uh, I was reading some reviews on it, and one of the questions they had, people were often talking about were like, 
Well, they were like really good at fasting and they wanted to go deeper and she didn't go deep enough. And then there were other people who were like, oh, this was a really, really good like introduction. So I kind of wanted to take a minute to just to assess where we are as a community. Um, and so I have a few questions. So uh, I, I, I'm not trying to shame anyone. If the fasting has never been a thing that you've done, I'm, I'm not trying to like, we're not going to like point fingers and be like, shame. I'm looking at you, but shame, right? We're not going to do that. Like our church never, yeah, with the, we never ever want to do that. But I, I just want to get kind of a context. I just want to see where we're at, right? What, what, where we are as a body. So uh, if fasting, if you have ever fasted, uh, would you just raise your hand if you've ever fasted for any reason whatsoever, right? Okay, cool. Um, so if you like fasted, maybe like for the doctor, right? You had to like, you know, you had to like take some medicine or whatever and you couldn't take it with it or you had to take like some, something like that. I don't know. Uh, or maybe, um, maybe it's been like a spiritual fast, right? You've, where you've stopped to, how many has, raise your hand if fasting has been like, a regular part of your spiritual disciplines. Is there anyone here that this has been a part of your spiritual disciplines? Okay, cool. All right, awesome. I was getting worried because everyone raised their hand when they said it would have fasted. They're like, yeah, we got this. We're good. All right, well, let's go home. <laughs> but um, I, my hope is that this will be something that will um, draw us closer to Jesus uh, and, and give us a little bit of... Um, uh, an understanding of, of what this spiritual fasting really is. Because as um, people of the West, fasting has kind of become unpopular. Uh, and a big part of that is uh, just overabundance um, and this kind of this value of, um, of, of satisfaction. Like we, we, we live in it where a society that just wants to be satisfied constantly and this, and this view of like, Really, satisfaction is always at the, our fingertips, right? Because if we're hungry, we can order food, and then it, and it, and they'll bring it to our door, right? If we're if we're bored, right, we just turn on something or watch something real quick on our phones, right? And and we're constantly uh, satisfying any itch, any need, anything that we have. And so, uh, this idea of stopping and um, and pausing and denying oneself is is counterintuitive to us and counter like countercultural to us uh, I think for, uh, on many levels and so uh, this thought about fasting is it can be really uh, really hard and so my heart my hope is that this wouldn't be uh, kind of like Larry was saying last week that we're not giving you a checklist of thing more things to do but actually as a way of stopping to be able to remove certain things that would allow for a deeper realization of who Christ is in us and for us. And that's my hope. Um, so we're, gonna, we're, we're hoping that this will be a, a series where we can marry condo our souls, right? We can get rid of some of the things that's the clutter and, 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 and find the things that give us joy, right? Um, so my experience with fasting, um, fasting has been something that I've, um, I've experienced a lot of. I, I used to fast when I was a youth pastor in Puerto Rico on a regular basis. It was like once a week kind of thing for me. Um, and uh, I, I started fasting on Thursdays, which was our date night. And, uh, and after like a year or two of this, realized that maybe fasting on date night was not the day to, to fast because I would end up being so cranky and so like, oh, when we get to the restaurant, I just, I wasn't like a real fun person to be uh, out with. So my guy was like, babe, maybe you should fast on Mondays or another day. That's not our, our date night, right? 
Uh, but I used to do that, and um, uh, I fast. Uh, uh, part of my preparation for camp speaking is I'll, I'll spend some time fasting. Um, I speak uh, in Young Life at our different summer camps, and uh, one of the things, so uh, the first time I did, I fasted from uh, news and media, so I, I didn't want to know any, it was 2016, so that one was a rough one. Um, I fasted from uh, Game of Thrones, both the books and the series, because it's a very dark series. Uh, and um, I fasted food, uh, different types of foods in different ways like that. But my first experience with uh, fasting was when I was in high school, we did these things called the 30-hour famine. Anyone ever heard of the 30-hour famine? This is basic. It's this program from World Vision where they'll take high school kids and ask you to, to not eat anything solid for 30 hours uh, and raise money for uh, children in poverty and uh, around the world. And it's a pretty amazing program. And so I did that for many years. Uh, I, I did that for seven years, uh, two, twice in high school, and then, and then five as I was uh, leading uh, as a youth pastor. But, um, so, here's, so let's talk about fasting. Let's, let's go into the, the several things I want to talk about. I want to give, give a quick definition of kind of what we're talking about when we say fasting. I want to talk about kind of how the Bible presents fasting, what the Bible, the biblical examples are of fasting. I want to talk about um, kind of the do's and don'ts and then, and then leave us with a, a, a way of kind of setting ourselves up to maybe bring this into a part of our lives as, um, as believers. And so the definition I have of fasting, just so that we're all on the same page, and I think we have a slide for this. Um, and this is uh, Lynn, um, Lynn M. Babb. This is her definition that she has in her book. Um, she wrote the book on it, so I thought she'd be a, a good uh, person to quote. And it says, Christian fasting is the voluntary denial of something for a specific time for a spiritual purpose by an individual, family, community, or nation. Okay? I'll read it one more time. Christian fasting is the voluntary denial of something for a spiritual purpose by an individual, family, community, or nation. And... um. So some, some things to point out there, right? One is it's a voluntary denial, right? Uh, fasting is not just this sense of like, hey, I'm just going to kind of go and, you know, I'm skipping a meal because I've been working super hard and whatever, whatever, I'll just call it a fast and it'll be you. It's not, it's not this, uh, it's not where someone or something has to like strip something away from you. Fasting needs to be a voluntary uh, thing, right? Mark 8, 34, Jesus said this, if anyone would follow me, they must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Right? It's this, it's this call to be willing to lay down your life, essentially, right? The, the picking up your cross was a, was a, a call to, a, a cross was execution, it was this call to die to yourself that you would be willing to lay down your life to pick up this life that Christ has given to us, to deny oneself, right? And so um, this, so fasting needs to be a voluntary thing. It needs to be something that you are willing to do, right? And if you think about love, right, if you think about sacrifice, sacrifice is giving up something that you love for something that you love more or giving up something you love for someone that you love more. And that's the heart of love. That's the heart of sacrifice, right? And so fasting, it, it has to be this voluntary denial. Now, it could be of something, right? 
Uh, in, in the Bible, it was most often food, but I think also it could be other things as well. And um, it could be food, it could be entertainment, it can be technology, it can be information, it can be uh, going out, it can be all these different things, right? Because the point is not to, uh, not specifically to torture yourself, but the point is that it would be uh, of, of letting go of something, of denying of something that is value to you to receive something of greater worth to you. And it's for a specific time, right? We're not saying that, hey, you should just all, you know, hey, as a, as a church, we're all giving up rice forever, right? Um, because we would all leave the church, right? That, that's not what we're asking for. You take away my rice, and I don't know, we're going to have problems. Butch, I can't do it. I just can't do it, Butch. I just can't do it. My heart, this is, this is the percentage of my heart. Monica has like a big part. Sebastian has a big part. My mom has a smaller part, kind of on the left, and the rest belongs to rice. That's how my heart works, right? And anyone else who's Puerto Rican understands. Um, but it's for a specific time. And so here's the thing about fasting, right? Is, is there's, a, there's a thoughtfulness to this, right? It's not just, uh, you're not just kind of going into it like, I see a la weepy. You're like thinking about it. There's a, there's a time frame. There's a before, there's like a start and ending um, to that, and that's really important, and it's a spiritual purpose. So here's the thing about fasting, right? We're not talking about intermittent fasting, right, which has become very popular, uh, and there's a lot of physical health benefits to it, right? If you if you have any questions about that, talk to Butch. Third reference, Butch, look at you. Uh, talk to Butch about it, right? There's a lot of really, really good things that come from that, and and uh, and it can help with, like, diabetes. It can help with, like, like getting your, your body levels balanced. There's a lot of really great beneficial physical benefits to that. Um, that's not what we're talking about here because here's the, here's the deal, right? Your body and your spirit are connected, and what's good for your body is good for your spirit, and what's good for your spirit is good for your body, but they don't always connect. And so there needs to be an intentionality uh, behind our fasting uh, for spiritual purpose. If you're just doing intermittent fasting, you're not going to get the same spiritual connection, right? It's like if you go out for a run and you just are running for because of health reasons, that's great and that's good for your body, but it's not necessarily going to connect to your spirit. But when you connect to your spirit, when you do a fast because of your spirit and, and with a spiritual intention and purpose, it brings along with it the physical benefits. Um, but I want to be careful that we understand the difference there between the two. Because one um, doesn't necessarily mean the other one, right? There's a spiritual purpose behind this. There's a reason I am doing this. this the fast is there's, a, there's a, a desire for a spiritual connection there to connect with Christ, to connect with God, to overcome a sin, to overcome a situation. And we'll talk a little bit more about the spiritual purposes in the Bible of, um, of fast. But by deciding to give up activities and habits uh, for a time that have become distracting to the most important things in our lives, we intentionally create space to experience God in fresh and new ways. And so my hope for us is maybe you've plateaued in your spiritual life and maybe this could be a way of, of breaking the ceiling. Maybe there's a, a dryness in your spirit. This could be a way of, uh, of awakening the, that, those rivers of life again in, in our spirit. Um, maybe there has been a silence um, 
for a time in your spiritual life. And this could be awake to awaken again um, the Lord. So let's look at some of the ways that in Scripture uh, of how we see, how we see fasting um, in um, in in the word, okay, and so there are there are four main spaces where we see uh, fasting in scripture, and those are in mourning, uh, in preparation, not like mourning, mourning, but like in in loss and in grief, right? In uh, preparation for something, in repentance, and in um, intercessions. So in, in mourning, there's so many examples. There's often times when uh, a person will will get really bad information or receive bad news. Um, or lose someone, and their response is to fast, to put on uh, sackcloth and ashes, right? And it was this outward expression of this inward pain that they were feeling, right? An example would be in Esther 4, Mordecai, finding out that uh, he was... um, he was one of the Jews that had been exiled. We had we learned the story of the exile, right, in Jeremiah. He was one of the Jews that had been exiled, and he found out there was this plot to, to extinguish all of the exiles in all of uh, the Babylonian land. And so um, he finds out about this. And when he finds out, in every providence, uh, so let me read it, and this is Esther 4, in every providence in which the edict and order of the king came, there was a great mourning among the Jews with fasting and weeping and wailing. And many lay in sackcloths and ashes, right? And so it was this, it was this outward expression of his inward pain. And so if maybe you find yourself this week or in this season in a time of mourning, uh, consider fasting as part of your process of grief. Consider fasting as a way of expressing some of that inner um, pain in an outward way. Because there's some, there's this, incredible connection between our bodies and our spirit that happens with fasting. Um, and preparation was another way that in the scriptures we see a lot of fasting, right? Uh, oftentimes before, uh, before going to war, um, the Israelites would fast. Before uh, being a part of a big ministry or a mission, the prophets would fast. Uh, Jesus himself in Matthew 4, we have an example of uh, before he starts his public ministry, before Jesus goes out and does something uh, and does the work that he had been called to do, he stops. And look at what Scripture says in Matthew 4. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Which is, uh, I think, an understatement. Um, And the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Right? So Jesus, knowing what he was about to do, knowing the the ministry that he was called to, knowing what his public ministry was going to be like, up until this moment, Jesus had uh, kind of been quiet about who he was uh, and about his calling and about his life. And in this moment, he is stepping in. And so he goes and he's baptized by John the Baptist and then immediately this Scene happens. Forty days he goes out into the wilderness and doesn't eat uh, anything. And uh, there's definitely some uh, super spiritual part to the, to Jesus. I don't necessarily recommend uh, for us to go forty days without eating anything. That might be a little hardcore. Uh, but uh, this is what Jesus does, and it prepared him for the calling and the ministry that he has. And so. In your situation, in my situation, are you preparing for something? Are you setting up for some new adventure? Is God setting you up? Is God preparing something new for you? Is there a new season in your life? 
Is there a, a, a new job, a new ministry, a new opportunity, a new space, a new town, a new city um, that God is preparing for you? Maybe this is a time for fast. Maybe you're starting college or you're starting your new year or you're changing from one school to another or uh, whatever the situation might be. If you're preparing for something that God has given you this new space, consider fasting as part of the preparation for that. Consider taking some time to stop and to evaluate how you've done things in the past, where your life has been and where you're at right now. And consider that maybe fasting would be a part of walking into this new season, stepping into this new land, coming into this new place. Consider how fasting could remove some of that space to allow you to see things in a different way. Uh, the third way we see it in scriptures is in repentance. Is there a space where you need to get right with God? There were many examples of moments where uh, God's people realized they had been walking distant from the Lord. They realized they had a, a sin in their people and in their community. They realized that there was a space where they needed to come back to, to their Lord. And uh, fasting was, was typically a part of that. It was, again, a way of outwardly demonstrating what inwardly and spiritually was going on inside of, you, of them. And there's several examples. Uh, one was in Jonah, chapter 3, where Jonah is called to go to this, speak to this, uh, this town. Jonah was this prophet. And God had told him, I want you to go speak to this town because I'm going to bring, I'm going to destroy this town because of the evil and the wickedness of who they were and what they were doing. And so Jonah at first was like, no, I'm not, I'm not with it. Let them, let them go. Let them, let them face the punishment that they deserved. And he ran away from the Lord, and the Lord brings him back, right? You have the famous story of Jonah and the whale. Uh, I won't get into all the details, but Jonah goes back to this town, and he preaches of what God is going to do, and he calls them to attention to their sin and their wickedness. And in that moment, there's a choice, right? Am I going to listen to this or am I going to kind of do my own thing? And uh, <clears throat> the Bible says the Ninevites believed God. They heard the words and they believed it. And a fast was proclaimed and all of them from the greatest to the least put on sackcloth and fasted. So this entire city was facing destruction and believed in the words that Jonah was saying. And the entire city collectively fasted. Right, so fasting could be something that you do as an individual, right? Maybe this is you personally with the Lord, but it's also something that we could do collectively, like as a as a, as a group of friends. Maybe you grab some some people that you trust, some people that you love, some people that walk with you spiritually, and you do this together. Uh, maybe collectively as a nation, right? Imagine. And, uh, and uh, Bab uh, gave some examples of moments when the United States, uh, one example was uh, the War of 1812, before they got into the war. And if you, don't, if you don't know history, I didn't know what the war was about. But it was, again, it was about 30 years after the War of Independence, the United States went to war against um, uh, Great Britain again. And, uh, and before they went to war, the entire Congress was called to a day of fasting. And so both chambers and the president took time to fast and to pray and to seek God's wisdom and guidance, right? And so, um, so repentance is a big part of that. Maybe there's a, a sin that you've been struggling with and you just can't shake. 
Maybe there's been a, a struggle, a stronghold in your life that over and over we find ourselves falling. And over and over again we find ourselves needing to find uh, God to forgive us and, and bring repentance to. Maybe there, this is a space where you need to invite some fasting into, uh, into that space to, to willingly give up something so that God can bring freedom and the last uh, example that we have in Scripture is uh, through intercessory prayer uh, is when there's a, a, a need for intercession, right? We need for someone to step in uh, in, uh, in our place and to intercede on our behalf. And several examples of that. And, and, and one thing that we forget, I think, often is as we look at Scripture and as we read about the people in the Bible is that these were humans who lived life very much like we do whose life mattered to them as our lives matter to us. These are people who struggled with many different things in many different ways, right? And in the same way that we do, uh, would, would step out into, what, into this fast and step into this uh, process, right? And so, because um, sometimes we read these stories of people and we, we don't really like fully grasp kind of all that was going on and all the things that were really real with them. And in, in this one instance, right, in Second Chronicles, uh, we find that the people of Israel were being threatened by this this great army. This army was coming, uh, this army from Moab, and it was coming and it was going to destroy the people, right? This army was coming, and they weren't like coming to like hang out and play, or it wasn't going to be like a soccer match to decide who was going to like live and who was going to die. This army was coming to annihilate them and to carry them off into slavery. And so the people were scared. I mean, I, I don't think most of us have faced life and death kind of situations in where we have an enemy who is physically coming to hurt us and harm us and, and murder us. And in this moment, they were so afraid and they didn't know what to do. And this is what they did. Alarmed, an understatement there, right? Like uh, King Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. And the whole people, the whole city, the whole nation got together and they all fasted to cry out to God, to, to scream out to the Lord because they needed help. And, and, and part of their prayer, they say this, Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Do you have a big decision coming up? Is there a big moment? Is there a big like situation that you just don't know what to do and you need wisdom? Maybe this is a time for fasting. Maybe this is a time to include fasting in your prayer and your intercession. And there's often these moments where people uh, in Scripture, where God's people were facing unsurmountable obstacles. And in those moments, those were the times that they would stop to fast to seek God, to ask God to, uh, to stand in their way. Uh, another example would be Esther, right? And kind of going back to her story. And uh, this edict had gone out, and all the people were going to be, uh, the Israelites were going to be murdered, the exiles were going to be killed. They get into a lot of, like, really bad situations, right? These people were always facing death, and God was there for them, right? And so, uh, but it also should be, like, an example for us, right? Like, when something bad happens, they're like, oh, my God, I think I'm going to die. Like, this is crazy, right? No, these people were actually facing death, and they would turn to God because he was their only hope. And so uh, 
Esther was challenged by her uncle to go and intercede on behalf of the, of the people of Israel. But in order to do that, she would have to go before the king. Now, there was a law that would say that if you went before the king and he did not call for you, he did not summon you, he had the right to execute you if you went to see the king without him having called you. It didn't matter who you were. Right? This is Esther. This is his, his queen. And she's saying, if I go before the king, he's going to kill me. And Mordecai's like, well, we don't have another choice. Because we're all going to die. And so Esther, understanding the gravity of the situation, she calls in Mordecai and says this, go and gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, uh, night or day, and my attendants will fast as you do. And when this is done, I will go before the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Right? There was this boldness to say, okay, uh, this is what we got to do. But if I'm going to do this, I need some backup. I need my people with me. And collectively, they were praying and interceding on behalf um, Are you finding yourself facing uh, overwhelming obstacles in this season? Are you finding yourself with a boss that's just like always on you? You find yourself in a situation where at school there's a class you just can't get through. You find yourself in a situation where um, things just aren't opening up and you're running into wall after wall after wall. Are you finding yourself in a situation that is just way bigger than yourself? And in this moment, this might be God calling you to a time of fasting, a time to lay down of something so that you can declutter and move and and, and take some of that space away so that you can find yourself connected back to God, that God would uh, intervene on your behalf. Now, here's the deal about fasting. There's some things that we need to lay down about what it is not, right? Because uh, I I don't want to give you the impression that if you fast, that automatically means that God is going to do what you asked for, right? Fasting is not a guaranteed way to get God's attention, right? This isn't a good, this isn't a kid trying to be extra good three days before Christmas because Santa's watching, right? And you know that you want to get your presents, which by the way, if kids in the room, if, if you're waiting three days before, it's too late. They already got your presents, okay? So you got to, like, do this, like, way before. Anyways, that's, a, that's for free. Um, but uh, it's, not, it's not like trying to get God's, like, extra special attention, right? It, it, it's not about that. This isn't, like, some, like, spiritual nitrogen that you, like, you're racing down your car. You're, like, fast and the furious, and you, like, press the button, and it shoots your car past, you know, and you get it in a... No, this isn't that. This doesn't work... Um, like that. It's not a way of getting God's extra attention. It's not a quid pro quo, right, which is a trigger word, so let me be careful with that. But uh, it's not a, well, God, I did this for you, now you got to do this for me, right? It's not this, like, guarantee. And even like Esther, right, in her situation, right, she said to fast, and they, they all fasted for this, but she didn't know the outcome of it, and she was willing to go either way, right? If I perish, I perish. Oh, but it was this because here's the deal with fasting. It's less about getting something and more about aligning yourself to the will of God. Aligning yourself to what God is wanting to do in you. Aligning yourself and 
uh, and limiting yourself so that you can put God first, so that you can move things that are occupying a space so that you can hear from God. And as if you're anything like me, we, we have eliminated a lot of the space in our life for silence, for stillness, for stopping. I mean, imagine, uh, and, and this is part of what my, my fast was for in and, and preparation for, um, for speaking at camp. I, I would dare you, take a minute to say, hey, for, for one day, I'm going to not watch any Netflix or any TV or anything. Or to say, hey, for a weekend, I'm going to not look at my phone. In fact, I'm going to put it into my sock drawer and not even take it out. Right? Imagine the tension, right? When we take kids to high school, high school kids to camp, one of the things we do is we take their phones away for them for the week. And kids will walk up to me and be like, there's a phone-shaped hole in my heart that can only be filled by my phone. Can I have it back, please? Right? But, like, these are things that we don't realize have taken control over us. And Bab says this, more than any other discipline, fasting reveals the things that control us. How are we controlled by our appetites? Right? What are the things that control us that we don't even realize how deep the roots of control are on us? And so fasting is a way of breaking that ice and kind of breaking through some of that, um, breaking through some of those obstacles, breaking through some of those things. And, and, and so he, and here are some of the benefits of this, right? Um, St. Augustine of Hippo, he was a large man, um, said, <laughs> he wasn't, that was just where he was from, Hippo. I don't know where that is. I was going to look it up and I forgot, but it's probably in Greece somewhere. No longer exists. Never mind. We're, we're, but but uh, St. Augustine of that place said this, Fasting cleanses the soul. It raises the mind. It subjects one flesh to the spirit and renders the heart contrite and humble. Scatters the clouds of conspicuous sense. It's a hard word. It basically means this sexual desires, these lower base appetites. It quenches the fires of lust, kindles the true light of chastity to enter again into yourself. Enter again into yourself. This call from us. And so fasting as a discipline, it, uh, it strengthens your will. Right? And here's the thing. Sometimes when things have power over us and we're out of control and we don't know how, and we're like, I'm just not strong enough to handle this situation. I just can't break from this sin. I'm just addicted to this. I can't give it up. I can't let it go. And sometimes when we try to like go full, like, 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 uh, um, in Spanish we say like, hay que buscarle la vuelta, right? When you just like go straight head on, right? Sometimes we're just powerless to break that. But when you, buscarle la vuelta means you have to like come around it. And so when you fast, sometimes in saying no to something that you have control over, right? To say, I am going to not eat for 24 hours. And that when you're hungry and that, and that hunger comes up and that, that appetite comes up and you say, no, because I want this food, but more than I want this food, God, I want to 
connection to you. I want a closeness to you. And so I'm saying no to this desire and this appetite inside of me. When we do that with food, it somehow it reminds us that we are in control of ourselves, that we have control over our bodies, that we have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and self-discipline, of self-control as a fruit of God's experience in us is self-control, that I can say no to this. It gives us power to also be able to say no in these other spaces. And maybe it's not that full frontal attack, but it's finding a way around it. And so maybe there's this space where, where you have been out of control and your will and, you, and, and you've not realized the things that control us. And so taking a time to fast might be a way of strengthening that will. It teaches us that discomfort isn't always bad. Being uncomfortable isn't always the wrong decision. That un- being uncomfortable and being in pain sometimes is the way that we need to go. And if you think about like exercise, when you work out, right, the next day your body is sore. And that's a good thing. And it feels good sometimes because you're like, yeah, it worked out, right? But that's your body as it's as you exercise, it tears apart some of its muscles, and those muscles repair stronger than they were before. And so we might need some of that spiritual tearing of some of that spiritual muscle to build ourselves up again. It builds us up stronger. It teaches us that discomfort isn't always bad, and comfortable isn't always good. Being full all the time isn't always the thing that God is asking for us. It fosters gratitude and humility. It gets us out of the rut and reasserts our humanity. And let me read this quote. It says, if we engage in regular fast from food, media, or shopping, we train ourselves to limit these things in everyday life. We prove to ourselves that we can live briefly without them so that we are often more able to keep them at healthy levels in our life. We train ourselves to grasp the profound truth that we don't have to give in to every desire that dances across our minds. We don't have to give in to every desire that dances. We don't have to give in to our flesh. We don't have to give in to uh, our, our base desires all the time. That we are in control. That Christ is in control. That we have an ability to say stop. That we have an ability to change. And so maybe fasting would be a space to do that. It also builds our solidarity with suffering and within a community. So oftentimes, so the model of uh, the 30-hour famine was that you would raise money so that you could, we could give money to then, all the money that we'd raise, we'd give it to World Vision who uses that money to help starving kids all around our world. Because over 3 million children die of hunger-related issues, and undernourishment every year. That amounts to a child every 10 seconds. That's a terrible loss for our world. And so in, in fasting, it gives us, it reminds us that there are people suffering around us. It reminds us of our connection to our world, to the hunger and to the need uh, of people. And so my hope for us is this. This week, this season, I would challenge us to incorporate fasting into a space in uh, our lives this week. Find a space. And, and, and here are the things. 
four things to do about this, right? Is one is decide what you're going to fast, whether it's food, whether it's uh, media, or whether it's entertainment, or whether it's television, or the internet, or Wi-Fi, or like, you know, all, any one of the platforms, the hundred platforms that we use to watch all kinds of, you know, entertaining things. Find something this week, and and, and make a decision that I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop. I'm going to remove some of this clutter, some of the things that take up all the spaces in my life to find a space to meet God. Consider giving up something. Consider what time, how much time you're going to do this, right? Is this going to be a 24-hour period? Is it going to be a 12-hour period? Usually when I fast, I'll do a 12-hour period. I'll go from 8 in the morning till 8 in the evening. And... Um, but, but, but you have to make a decision about this, right? You have to decide what you're going to do. And, and I would recommend you uh, start some, somewhere small. Don't be like, I'm going to fast for 30 days and I'm not going to eat anything solid for 30 days or watch anything. You're going to get like two days into that and you're going you're gonna to quit and you're going to give up. Ecclesiastes 3 says this, when you enter in the temple before the Lord, don't enter speaking all these words, but come in humbly says, you are God in heaven and I'm here on the earth, so let my words be few. Right? You're not trying to like, you're not proving to God. You're not impressing God with how much you can fast, right? Find something that you can do. Find a space. Set a period of time. Um, and, and also like be aware of your limitations, right? If you have physical limitations, if there is like, you know, if you're diabetic or if you've struggled with an eating disorder or if there's all these other, ex- then maybe food isn't the way to go, right? But you know yourself. But find a space where you can sacrifice something this week. Designate a time. And I challenge us to put that at the feet of, of Christ so that we can find a space to meet with Jesus so that we can find a space to connect in a deeper way, so that we can find a space to to move all this clutter out of the way so we can hear clearly from God, so we can overcome the obstacles, so that we can find a space to stop, to slow down, to reorient your life to the things that really matter, to be able to confront the things that really challenge us and say, you're no longer in control. And to allow a fullness, to allow our humanity to flow back in, to allow ourselves to flow back in, and to allow Christ to take a deeper place in our lives.